Thanks for listening to another podcast from C3 East Village. Our hope is that this message will equip and inspire you in your walk with God. For more information about our church, check out our website at c3ev.ca or find us on Instagram at C3 East Village. So let's give them a hand all together now. And I'm going to invite our first speaker up, the awesome Serena. Take it away. Thanks, Pastor Steve. Um, yeah, so as Pastor Steve, thanks also Brad, mentioned on the 22nd, we're going to be at Studio Bell, which I'm super excited about. Um, but beforehand, we have more details to come on what time and where we'll be meeting and all of that. But we're going to be handing out some little bagged lunches um, in our community. There's um, lots of need, lots of people who are in need of that, but also we're going to use that, use that as an opportunity to invite people to our service. So if that interests you at all to be involved in that outreach initiative and inviting people to our service and handing out some food, um, we're doing that in partnership with our West Campus. Some of our kiddos over there are putting together the um, bag lunches and then we're going to be handing them out here. So super, super excited to do that. Um, as Pastor Steve was giving the announcements, um, I could hear Jeremiah going, <coughs> he has lost his voice, so we're believing in the next 10 minutes that he uh, will be brought back to full restoration in his, in his speaking. Um, my name's Sarana, for those of you who don't know me, if I have not met you yet, uh, I've been a part of the community here at C3 East Village for the last couple years. Like Pastor Steve said, it's the place to be on a Sunday night. Um, I really do believe that when you find your people, you find your purpose. And that's not just a nice sentence or something that sounds nice, but when you plant yourself in a community of people who hold you accountable and encourage you and speak life into you and challenge your beliefs um, and raise you up to a higher level, I believe that that's not just for, for some, but for all people. And so... Um, this community has been that for me, and I'm so grateful for Pastor Stephen and Pastor Brittany. They have um, done just that for me, and I look up to them so much as leaders um, and my pastors. I learn from them on the daily, so um, thank you guys for giving me the opportunity to share tonight. Uh, as Pastor Steve mentioned, we're talking about faith, hope, and love tonight, so I'm going to be sharing about faith, uh, which I'm super excited about. Um, I love all the stories um, and people in the Bible who have lived these great lives of faith and stepped out in great risk and obedience, um, those stories have and continue to inspire me. But I want to talk about um, a bit of a different aspect of faith tonight and how faith can look in the quiet moments when we choose to fix our eyes and our focus on Jesus. So I'm going to pray. Lord, we love you so much. We thank you that you have a word and something for every person here tonight. We ask that you would soften our hearts. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're already moving and that there's nothing that we could say that could stop that. We thank you that you're a good God and you love every person here so much. You care about the one. You would go to the ends of the earth for one person just to show them how much you love them. And so we ask that you would speak to us tonight. We love you so much, and we thank you for what you have in store. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
So I'm going to read a few different definitions of faith that I have found in my study. Faith is complete trust or obedience in someone or something to believe that something deserves to be trusted. It is belief without reason. Faith, by definition, is irrational. It is allegiance or duty to a person. It is a system of religious beliefs, as some define it. But faith almost always implies certainty, even when there's no evidence or proof. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 11.1 1, that faith shows the reality of what we hope for, and it is the evidence of things we actually can't see. The more that I have gotten to know God, I have realized that it's actually less about my faith in him and more about, or sorry, less about his, my allegiance to God and more so about his allegiance to me. And I'm not trying to say that faith doesn't require action on our part because it absolutely does. The Bible tells us to live by faith and not by sight. But on a practical level, how do we do that in our everyday lives? That, that sounds nice, but how do we do that? How do we live by faith and not by sight? So faith can look like taking a risk. It can look like waiting. It can look like giving financially. It can look like showing up for someone, slowing down, speaking up for yourself. It can look like asking someone for coffee. Faith can often look different in each season for each person. In Matthew 17, 20, it says, Truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. I actually worked at the Mustard Seed, as I'm sure many of you have heard of this organization when I lived in Edmonton. And I was a newer believer at the time, and I remember meeting this guy, and he tells me, uh, he was a volunteer, and I was working there, employed at the time, and he says, oh, I, I live by faith. And I was like, nice, nice, me too, me too, faith, I live by faith. I quickly realized that what he meant by that, and as actually lots of believers around the world do, by living by faith, he means that he literally trusts God every day to provide for him financially, food, shelter. In other words, he doesn't have an occupation. He literally trusts God to show up for him every day. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I remember quickly feeling discouraged by that and thinking, oh my gosh, my faith will never look like that. That's awesome for him, but I don't think I'll ever get to that level. And actually, I remember at that time, faith in Jesus seeming very overwhelming and all-consuming. And sometimes it seems and feels easier to put my faith in myself because I can control the outcome. Proverbs 3 5 and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him. Not just some. He will make your path straight. I do believe that God is redefining for me, and I hope for you, what faith can and does look like in each of our lives. Faith can look like a lot of things. And a couple of months ago, I was on a plane to BC with my family. And I was sitting next to my sister. 
And I, I love traveling. I love waking up in the morning and knowing that I'm going to be somewhere else that same day. I love being in the airport. I love the thought of it, the idea of it, but I really, really don't like turbulence. And anytime there's turbulence, the, they announce it on the plane. I didn't actually realize I did this until I was sitting next to my sister. I will just stare at who's ever in the middle, the flight attendant. I'll stare at their face. And my sister, I like looked at her at one point and she was like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh man, this is like creepy. And I'll even like prop myself up on my seat just so I can get a clear sight of that flight attendant's face because if their face is calm and at peace, I know, I know that I'm good. If they're not panicking, then we're not going down. We're good. So it's like my way of assuring myself. I fix my eyes on his face or her face and I wait till the turbulence passes. I believe that something happens when we fix our eyes on the face of Jesus. When we make an intentional decision to lift our eyes from our situation and look at his face, peace comes. The assurance that we're safe, we're okay, that God's still on the throne, he's in control, he's still good, we are loved, we're okay. If that guy's good, I'm good. Later on that trip, we did a hike across the Kinsel Trestle, which is this huge bridge, um, long, narrow bridge, one of the biggest trestles in Canada. And it's super long and narrow. We walked across the whole thing, and from the top, you're pretty high up, and you can't quite see what is below the bridge, but you, you know you're high up. We crossed the bridge. Um, me and my dad and my stepmom, we cut down around the trail. And when you get to the bottom, you look up, and suddenly you see this massive structure that's supporting this long, long bridge. It's huge. And I remember standing down, down there on that trip and God speaking to me so clearly and saying, faith looks like that sometimes. When you're at the top and your perspective is limited and you're walking across this, what feels kind of shaky and uncertain, but you're choosing to trust that you're being supported. I believe that there are some people here tonight who are feeling discouraged by having any sort of great faith and you look at other people and feel like my faith will never compare. It will never look like that person or sound like that person. I'll never take that risk. I'll never pray like that. I'll never talk like that. I'll never live that life or get that job. And I believe that tonight God's just asking you to lift your eyes. And something happens when you lift your eyes and you look at his face and you look to his word. Psalm 123, 1 through 4 says, I lift my eyes to you, to you who sit enthroned in heaven. As the eyes of slaves look to the hand of their master, as the eyes of a female slave look to the hand of their mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God until he shows us mercy. I don't know your situation, but I know that God does. Whether it be 
a relationship. Maybe lifting your eyes tonight for you looks like praying for that person in your office on your drive to work and speaking life and truth over them. Maybe you've been consumed with fear or anxiety every single day. And I'm not trying to say it's a quick fix, but when you choose to lift your eyes and look at the face of Jesus, I believe tonight that you'll encounter peace. So whatever you're facing tonight, if any of that resonates with you, whatever you're facing, whatever your situation might be, whatever disappointment that you're facing, and you feel like God's asking you to lift your eyes tonight, would you just put your hands out? God, I thank you for every person here, Lord. I thank you that you know every heart, you know every situation that every person is facing. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that in this moment you're lifting heaviness from people's shoulders. That you're replacing it with your peace that surpasses all understanding. God, I thank you that we are changed from the inside out when we fix our eyes on you. And when we look to your word for truth. That you created us with a limited perspective so that we can lean on you, God. I thank you for victory over every heart and every situation in this place. And Jesus, we look to you tonight. And we love you so much. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. I'm going to invite my dear, dear friend, Mr. Jeremiah Hunter. Would you give him a round of applause? I'm Jeremiah. I've been here, C3 now, uh, for coming up past 10 years and a bit so. And as you could tell from the accent, if I don't have gold, I am from Australia originally. I've um, been here about two years now, and you'll be pleased to hear that I do call Calgary home. But uh, it's been a bit of a long journey to get to where I am today. Um, and I think through all of the things that, that I kind of went through, what really did stand out for me actually has been faith, uh, hope. That's what I'm talking about. Faith a little bit too, but hope too. And for me, hope's been an anchor, right? It's been a foundation in my life. So let's open with Hebrews 6, 19 to 20, where it says, We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and steadfast. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where Jesus, our forerunner, has entered on our behalf. So I've got to say, though, growing up, I never really viewed hope as being all that important. Um, you have faith and love, um, and as Serena kind of encouraged us in there, you know, and, and how we kind of view faith, it's always like, oh, you know, faith is this really cool thing, and it's got this power behind it, and it's got this energy, you know, it's got this fire, and it gets its own chapter in Hebrews for Jesus' actual sake. And then, and then you talk about love, and everyone loves love. You know, Terry loves love. Uh, we all love talking about love. We listen to love. It's on the music all the time. I've been listening to Cargo's High Love remix lately. Um, but you think about hope and it's kind of like, well, you know, Paul had these two, faith and love. And he was thinking about it one day, riding, the, riding out, and he's like, faith, love, it just doesn't have that ring to it necessarily. Maybe rule of threes, what else can we throw in there? Faith, charity, love, faith, generosity, love, faith, compassion, faith, hope and love. I can definitely see my mother hanging that up in her kitchen. <laughs> and, so, and so as I've got older and become a lot more wisdomous, 
Um, I'm definitely, definitely seeing that we live in a world that really doesn't need hope, you know? Um, even watching movies nowadays like Avengers and Infinity Wars, um, the whole idea behind that movie was this bad guy's like, oh, you know, uh, we're running out of resources, the world's not going to survive, so let's just kill everyone so that, you know, we can survive as well. And it's like, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, but that's kind of what goes through people's heads sometimes. Um, you know, we talk about global warming, there's always this impending doom coming. We talk about politics, some guy gets into office and all of a sudden the world's about to end. Um, even Facebook memes, like I love, I love memes, but they generally just have that little bit of a negative edge towards them. You know, and I was talking with a colleague the other day about various things and the conversation kind of escalates to, to world issues and the colleague kind of ends the conversation. He's like, yeah, we're definitely due for another plague. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know, but, but outside of Jesus, this is kind of what people live under, right? They, they don't have hope, you know. And even as Christians sometimes, it, is, it does get difficult um, thinking about hope. You know, it's like we're a ship in this raging sea, right? And all this stuff's coming against us all the time. But what I've found is hope, hope can be the anchor, right? And even, even talking about, like, positive thinking, right? We can kind of slap that on as a Band-Aid solution. Um, don't get me wrong, Power of Positive Thinking by Norman Vincent Peale, excellent book, changed my life, changed yours too. But nowadays, <laughs> nowadays, nowadays... A lot of, a lot, you know, people kind of look at positive things and they're like, ah, no, not really. It's not that cool anymore. A little bit sarcastic, you know, and a little bit selfish sometimes too, right? But within that, there's a higher spiritual truth, which is hope. And so that brings us to Hebrews 6.19 again. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and steadfast. And the verse does demand a little bit of unpacking. Hebrews jumps around a little bit. So the first question you've got to ask yourself, well, Hope in what? You know, like I'm hoping for fried chicken for dinner tonight. But, you know, that's probably not going to change the world. So we have to jump back a little bit and read Hebrews 5 verse 8 to 9. And so we jump back a little bit. I mean, go and read your own Bibles, verify this, of course. But Hebrews 5 verse 8. Son, though he was talking about Jesus, he'll end obedience from what he suffered and once made perfect, talking about the resurrection, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. And so this is the hope that we're talking about, this hope that we have for eternal salvation, that at the end of it all, we get to be with Jesus in heaven. That's what can be the anchor in our life. And I really started paying attention to all of this hope kind of stuff when I first turned up to Canada, because it wasn't necessarily the easiest journey to get to where I am today, as I said. You know, I had a lot of stuff going for me in Australia, um, you know, just kind of started my work-life career and really pushing ahead with there and had a few things going really well and I just kind of packed it all up and, think, and thought, you know, I'll turn up to Canada, positive thinking will get me through. I kind of know what I'm walking into, but, you know, you get up to about 100 job applications and like three interviews and you're kind of like, oh, okay, um, what's going on here, you know? Um, I remember like the first three months I turned up, I was sleeping on a broken air mattress because I literally couldn't afford to buy a new one. Um, and it'd like deflate halfway through the night, so I'd have to like wake up at midnight and like pump it up because <laughs> I was sleeping on the box mattress otherwise. And so I remember being in this situation and I'm like, uh, what's going on here, God, you know? Like, yeah, I, I didn't have it the worst. There's plenty of people that are going through far more than what I'm going through. But still, you know, like I gave this all up and things aren't really moving ahead for me in the way that I want them to. And I was praying about it and crying out to God one day. 
And he brings this verse back to me, Romans 8, verse 18, and it's one that's uh, kind of stood with me for a long time, but I got a new perspective on it. It says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. And that's the hope that we have for the glory that's going to come for the glory. That's the glory. Yes, part of it, we get to experience it today, living out our Christian life. But part of it, and more so, even more of it, is the glory that we have in heaven with Jesus. That's the hope that we have. That's what can be the anchor for our life. That's what we can, you know, build a foundation upon and what we can continue to look forward to so that no matter what happens, no matter how bad things get here in this world, we know that we have hope in Jesus. You know, so we don't have to live with this fear, with this impending doom. Everything might be collapsing, but we have, at the end of the day, we have an eternal salvation to look forward to, an eternal treasure in heaven. I hope it's the foundation, it's the anchor for our lives. So for us, there might be two people here. You know, maybe you don't even know Jesus, you don't even know what we're talking about here. And you don't even know what this hope is, right? So come down at 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 the end. Come down the front. We'd love to be able to pray for you and, and teach you a bit more about it. But even for us as Christians, you know, we, we, we kind of have this hope off in the distance. But what we need to be continually reminding ourselves of is to take this eternal perspective. So no matter what happens, you know, anything that we're going through cannot even be compared to how good the glory is in heaven that we're promised through Jesus. So let me finish by reading this verse and then I'll pray. Romans 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus, we come here, Lord. Give us a new revelation of this hope in our life, Father. Whether we don't even know you, come and reveal yourself to us in a new way. But for those that do know you, Lord, may we be able to wake up every day excited, saying this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad and excited, Father, because of the great hope that you've promised us for the eternal treasure that we have in heaven. Amen. Let me hand it off to Britt. Thank you. Thanks, guys. So we get settled. Sorry, I'm going to put my timer on my phone since I took the timer. Down there. Anyone else? Sorry, guys. Should have warned you before. Hi, guys. I'm Brittany, if you didn't know. Pastor Brittany. Um, But I'm just, I've got the great honor tonight to speak alongside these two amazing leaders that we have here at C3 East Village. Sarana and Jeremiah, you guys delivered an amazing word, so thank you. But I love being your guys' pastor because every week you show up expectant. You want something, you show up, um, and that's how you build community. So I encourage you, keep showing up. That's my tip for you tonight. Um, but just going to restate the scripture that we've been talking from tonight. 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says, Now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Thanks, guys. Greatest. <laughs> love. So that, that is what I'll be speaking on tonight, is love. So the, for the past four weeks, we've been um, talking about how the Holy Spirit gives us gifts when we believe in Jesus. And without any of those gifts, if we don't have love at the center of it all, it's all useless. It might, we might as well just put it aside. It's not worth it. The main thing is we need love. Did you know that in the Bible, it's actually stated over 300 times love? 
I think God's getting at something, something we need to know more and something he's trying to get to our attention. In every act of love, the Holy Spirit is present. And when the Holy Spirit is present, there is Jesus also. Because it's one moment with Jesus that encapsulates all that love has for us. So if we can just be in a moment. I don't know if you've been in a worship setting before um, where it's just like you just feel so complete. Everything inside of you is just this peace. And it's like nothing else can like matters. I can just stay here. It's this fullness of love that he just brings down and that we can tap into as believers. And we can choose to tap into that all the time at any point. We can choose to just turn on that worship music. He's asked us in his word to just be still and know he has it under control. Don't worry. Just take a deep breath. And in those moments that we can just call on him, because he says in his word as well, he will renew our strength. It's in him that our strength is renewed. To just be still and know. Because there is no one but Jesus that can complete us. It's in those moments of completion that it's Jesus in us. My husband cannot complete me. <laughs> My son can't complete me. A great tacos tonight won't complete you. I'm just, Jesus is the only thing that can complete us. And it's Jesus is love. So with him, that is what we need to fill our lives with. So I'm no scholar, but I do know that the book, the Bible, has three um, types of love that it explains to us in the Greek. Brad, don't quote me on this. But the first one's eros, possibly. But that is romantic love. That is um, a love between a husband and wife. This philos is brotherly love, friendship love. But agape love is a love that is self-sacrificial and unconditional. Agape love is much um, as doing as it is a feeling, and it requires action. And our best example of this agape love is Jesus. His love for you is unconditional, and it won't run out. No matter what you do, it will never run out for you. It's always overflowing and available to us. I love how the picture um, in the world today um, of a heart represents love. So I know it's like a different kind of the actual organ heart love. But the first organ that is actually developed in you, in your body, is your heart. Is that right? I was like blown away by this. That to know that our heart, which everyone sees, of course, in a different image, but is love, is the first thing that our body receives when we are first conceived. It's this heart that is, I don't know, it's this... It's love. All that love. He loved us from the beginning of our development, and you were uniquely made for love. You were created in love's image. It says in the word so many times that he, um, he knit you in your mother's womb. And I don't know, I've been feeling this, but I don't know wh how, what scenario that you were maybe conceived in, but you are made still by love. You were made in the image of God, knitted in his womb. Or not in his womb, sorry. <laughs> Scratch that off the track there. You were knitted in your mother's womb perfectly by love. Your, your love, your heart was first made. You were first created in that heartbeat was love. A story I think we all need to know a bit more that I'm always reminded of is this. For God so loved that he gave his only son. 
He gave what was most precious to you, him. What's most precious to us sometimes? Right now, it's really time is everyone's sensitivity. But he gave what was most precious to him. His only son, he chose to be born of human flesh into the world. Love showed up at what we call Christmas now. He chose his only son who knew what we would struggle with, our mental health, our physical health, our heartaches, to take on our pain and our sickness, our lack of, to die a death he did not deserve, but he did it for love. Now, 2,000 plus years now, he showed up all that time ago for love. It was, it was from love, for love, because of love. I hope you know that you are loved tonight. You are loved and you're worth being loved because Jesus is in you. I love the Bible's definition. It's really the only definition. I think this is the best. His definition of love is in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 7. It says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It, doesn't, it is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. And it always perseveres. Love should always be at the center of everything that we do. Because like I said, in every act of love is the Holy Spirit. And in the Holy Spirit, there's where Jesus is. I read, um, or I was actually listening to a TED Talk this week from a heart specialist named Dr. Sandeep. Um, sounds smart. Um, but that our emotions can actually play a physical part on our physical body. So why, like, so here's a side note. What are the words you're saying or the thoughts you're thinking about yourself? Because you're giving them power in your mind. Are your thoughts of being, like, how loved you are dominating what the world is saying you are? Because there's, there's a situation, I guess, back in, um, when we were young adults, uh, pastors back in Tassie. Um, and there's this young girl who sadly um, ended up in hospital um, with situations happening. But I... I love y'all. I'll visit you if you want me to in hospitals, but hospitals and me, I don't like because it's, I don't know, it's that whole life and death happens in a hospital and it's, it's a lot of my heart. Hence why when I had my baby, I was like, get me out of here. We're going home. Um, but in that moment while I was walking with this girl and I found out, I got the phone call that she was in hospital, my heart just broke because of walking with her. She was in a place of feeling unworthy. She was in a place where this world around her didn't help her fit in. She felt not worth being around, which is heartbreaking. And so when I came into the or I was driving to the hospital, I was like, God, how do I deal? Like, how? Give me the strength. Because, like, like I said, he completes you. When you're with him, when you're in his love, he just completes you. And there's nothing else that can throw you off, like, there's things of the world, but you can just come back and center because he died and he loves you just the way you are. Back to this hospital scenario. Um, when I walked into that room, because I prayed for that strength, I walked into that room knowing that the Prince of Peace was right behind me. I knew that she was going to feel love, not because what I was doing, but because I know my God works behind the scenes and that he is dealing with her heart issues that she needed to feel loved and worth um, being loved. It was when you love someone, you actually trust them. 
So how, how much do we trust God? Do you love him so much that in these steps of faith that you take or this anchor of hope that you have to hold on to, do you love him that much to trust him that he has you, that he's not going to let you fall flat on your face? Yes, you may stumble, but he's going to be right there picking you back up, saying you can do it. Don't give up. Because it's all about Jesus what we do, guys. He is at the center of our actions, which is love. In the hospital room, love was present. It showed up. No, love isn't about the likes on Instagram or your followers on TikTok and all that stuff. True love is first found in Jesus. It's not a significant other or something else because that will all fade away. When we meet with Jesus, he is our true love. True love, like Jesus, is unconditional. It never fails, and it will never run out. If I can have the band come up. Love is present in the moment, and it's not rushed. So I challenge you in this Christmas season, which we all call the busy season, is to just show up for someone, to just be in the moment with them, because you showing up and being present speaks louder in love than it does you actually trying to get all your words together. Because I've had this thing for so long that I can never get my words together. I can never get my words together. But really, at the end of the day, if I just showed up for someone, I don't know about you. If I just sat beside you or if someone came to sit beside me, I would feel their love even if they didn't say the right words or the, said the right things. But just said they were present. Because Jesus is present and his Holy Spirit's present in this room tonight. Because he wants to encounter you tonight. He wants to fill you to that completion that he is the only way. That he will fill your hearts fully. So my question for you is who are you going to show up for this month? So as we just bow our heads. If you just want that feeling, that fullness of love tonight. Jesus thank you God just put your hands out in front of you I'm just going to pray Jesus thank you God Heavenly Father we thank you for every heart in this place Jesus that you just fill them to overflow God Heavenly Father they feel your completion tonight God that you've created them out of love, for love, Lord God, to love on your people. So I pray that you just give them the strength this Christmas season to show up for someone, to be present in the moment, God. We thank you, God, that where love is, is your spirit as well, God. We thank you, Jesus, that you fill everyone in this room here tonight with completion of love, Lord God. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our website at c3ev.ca. See you next week.